So, Jeff, what are we talking about on the show today? Tony, we're going to talk about enhanced planning. Enhanced planning. Now, is that where you draw a map uh, with a path to the pizza buffet bar before you go? Tony, Tony, Tony. This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley from Paladin Financial. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial. Thank you for tuning in to this lovely week's episode of Paladin Financial Talk, where we are in the midst of transitioning between winter and spring and summer, all in a two-week period. Uh, for those of you that are in, here in the Minneapolis, Minnesota area, I hope we're, you're enjoying that. But we've got a great show today. We're going to talk about enhanced planning sans the pizza, Tony. Oh, okay. Apologies. It's not about... It's not always about pizza, is no, it? No, no, not always about you. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> so we're, we're going to talk about some different things to consider when it comes to enhanced planning and what exactly is enhanced planning. But if you've gone through the unfortunate process of having a parent die without a will or any clear instructions about how they wanted their assets divided or another family member, you probably already know what a difficult and potentially treacherous situation that is to deal with. And make no mistake, things like wills and trusts, they're not the exclusive territory of the the rich and famous. And in fact, some of the rich and famous don't have wills and trusts. You can, you, we all know of uh, horror stories with that. Oh, yeah. But in my experience, everyone, no matter the size of their assets, should leave behind clear wishes and instructions for those assets and make sure that you're taking the guessing game out of that either for your family or for the court system. That would be a good thing to avoid the court system. Yeah. But before we dive into that, how is Tony this week? You know what? I'm doing great. And speaking of enhanced planning, you know I've been uh, kind of, uh, I don't want to say neck deep in enhanced planning, but uh, with my grandfather passing away and my parents um, are getting older and uh, running into some certain issues, I've had to do some enhanced planning. And uh, that kind of woke me up. It was a wake-up call to get that uh, taken care of for my own family, for my wife and I, for our kids. So I think that's really important that you're talking about this today. And really, I mean, if you care at all about your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, or any family members, uh, you want to have this taken care of. And uh, it's never really too early. I mean, especially once you have kids, right? You should probably start thinking about this. Yeah, absolutely. And None of us are perfect. It's an easy thing that, to put off. Yeah. And uh, it's probably the number one thing that we, if I may use the word nag our clients, but, you know, give them advice on, on what to do and how, how to improve things. This is the area that comes up the most. It's a really easy one to, to put off. Uh, we don't want to think about it. It's comp can be complicated and it's an easy one to just push it down the road. But if you, you do that, you're inviting other other work sure. and challenges. Sure. And by enhanced planning, do you mean, um, it, does that include estate planning or? It does. And we use the term enhanced planning because a lot of times when people hear the term estate planning, they think 
the rich and, you know, complicated and I need 14 trusts and offshore and whatnot. And, um, it's, it goes beyond just the legal documents, it's communication, it's thinking through things, it's making sure your entire financial, your adult life has been considered and woven into this. So we always tell folks, if you look at your adulting life as it relates to the world that we deal in, you have three pieces of the pie. You have your financial plan, your estate plan, and your taxes. So we want to make sure that's integrated and thought through. And enhanced planning is kind of a layer on top of all that as we want to think about what you want to have happen if you're here and can't make decisions, what you want to have happen if you're no longer here and who gets your baseball cards and such. Sure. Um, and make sure that your family has control and communication as much as possible. Yeah, some people have valuable collections, maybe uh, coins, art, and it can be things like comic books, even baseball cards, Mm. or I'm just going to go on a limb and throw this out there, a record collection. Yeah. Exactly. Rare right. out, rare vinyl. So yeah, there's uh, using uh, baseball cards as an example. If you have a baseball card collection and you want your kids to get an equal part of that, how do you go about identifying that? Is it these specific cards go to this kid and these to that one? Or do you sell them all and you split up the money? How does that work? So, yeah. Um, you want to think of enhanced planning is what you do beyond typical wealth management. So when we do that, we want to look at ownership as one of the key considerations in this process. And there are three main uh, types of ownership considerations. You have probate, you have contract, and you have joint ownership. So probate is property from one of three categories. You have things that are in your person's name, a person's name, you have their personal property, and you have things that are called tenants in common. And ultimately, the probate process establishes the validity of a will. So let's say you die with a will. That is simply giving the probate court instructions on who's going to get said baseball cards, but it's a public process. There's a delay. They've got to put notices out there. So your your, uh, um, relatives can come out of the network, you know, out of the, the woods and and uh, lay claim to things if that might be. But when it comes to personal property in your name, think of automobiles, investment accounts that don't have beneficiaries, a cabin maybe, even a business depending on how that's structured. So you want to identify those. You also have personal property such as cash and gold and crops and jewelry and whatever's uh, in your in your drawers at home. And then finally, you have what's called tenants in common. And those are things that are jointly owned but that do not have rights of survivorship. So what that means is let's say you and I, Tony, get together and we buy a Dairy Queen and we set it up where we're 50-50 owners of it. If I pass, my half of that Dairy Queen goes to my family and your half goes to your family. That would be an example of that type of structure. I've never heard that term tenants in common. It sounds like an 80s euro alternative band name tenants in common (laughs) it does (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know that's what i thought of when i heard it the beige album the beige tenants in common the beige album Uh, they're from sweden how do i pivot out of that tony i I don't know know how you do i (laughs) i threw you a a curveball but i think hearing you talk about this tells me that it's probably wise to work with a financial services professional to determine how your possessions and assets are owned and how they can be 
utilize or you can utilize enhanced planning, I should say, to avoid potential delays uh, or probate for the people you leave behind. You don't want to leave your loved ones in a bad situation. I mean, you don't want to leave them with a mess. I always say that when we talk about estate planning or enhanced planning, because really that's what you're doing if you don't have a plan in place and get all your ducks in a row, right? Exactly. Yeah. And one of the value adds that we offer to our clients that are going through the process of setting up an estate plan is if you meet with an estate planning attorney, if you go that route, they're going to give you a 20 or 25 page questionnaire that has a lot of stuff in it. And for our clients, we're managing most, if not all of their assets, we have all of that information and can fill out the majority of that for them and do that, you know, more frequently than than most people do. So I can save you some time and effort and help you to think through things. So we talked a little bit about probate. Uh, Another area of consideration is contract ownership. And we don't usually think of it in that terms, but if you have an investment account, a life insurance policy, an annuity, things like that, those are structured through contract. Even a trust would fall into this category. So contract is saying, here's going, here's, here's who's going to get my things if no, I'm no longer here. So if you have an IRA or 401k, you could designate who those beneficiaries are and whoever's the holder of that account would pay that money out to your beneficiaries. That is a contract. And the third bucket is what we call joint ownership with rights of survivorship. So we talked about joint ownership, uh, tenants in common. This is rights of survivorship. Sure. So that simply means the deceased person's share goes directly to the surviving owner. So Tony, going back to our Dairy Queen example, if we bought that Dairy Queen together, set that up as joint tenants with rights of survivorship. I pass away. You're the remaining owner. You now have a hundred percent of the dairy queen. Wow. Okay. I I get how that works. So I think this is a great topic and I I, obviously it's going to be wise uh, to work with someone like yourself. I assume trusts can come into this as well. Yeah. Trust can be simple or very complicated and you could have trusts that trigger other trusts in certain events, but high level with a trust, when you establish one, you have three parties. You have the grantor or the trustor. That's the person that is establishing the trust and putting things into it. You have the trustees and successor trustees. Those are the people that decide and administer the trust and they have to follow the rules of the trust. And you finally have the beneficiary or beneficiaries of the trust. So the most common example is, Tony, you might set up a revocable living trust. We'll talk about what does that term mean here in a moment. You set up a revocable living trust and you decide, you know what, I'm going to put my uh, investment account, not an IRA, but an investment account in this. My trust owns it. So in that example, you would be the grantor, the person that's setting it up, putting the money in the account, and you are also the trustee. If you pass away or become incapacitated, you have a successor trustee. So your wife steps in and is now able to control the distribution of assets in the trust and give that to the beneficiaries based on the rules of the trust. So the beneficiary is the recipient of those funds or things. Sure. And that's another word, grantor. It sounds like uh, my favorite uh, monster movie, Godzilla versus Grantor. Missed that one. Nope. I really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe I didn't miss no. that one. Nothing on that one. <laughs> lumber. I own two lumber yards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think this has been great. Uh, where do you want to head to next? I mean, enhanced planning covers a lot. Uh, it covers uh, trusts, wills. 
things like that, right? Last thing, because I noticed you're getting a little bit sleepy there, Tony, is oh. I mentioned the term <laughs> revocable living trust. Yes. Most trusts are revocable. That means when you set that up, you have the ability to revoke and make changes to that trust. Um, so you could decide, here are my three beneficiaries today, and then a year from now, you can change that. That gives you flexibility. An irrevocable trust, once you establish that, you can't go backwards. You can't say, nope, I don't want this person to get uh, those assets anymore. You're locked in. So most trusts are revocable because people want control over it. But if you pass away, your revocable trust now becomes irrevocable because you're no longer around um, to to make sure. changes to that. So obviously, yeah, that makes sense. And outside of what we'll get into today, there are benefits to an irrevocable trust. If you're trying to qualify for certain state or federal programs, like Medicaid is the most common one. You get assets out of your name. You've got a five-year look back. So you want to be aware of what type of trusts are out there, what makes the most sense for you. And uh, depending on family dynamics, dial that in. So good in the state planning attorney will help you to make sure the trust is covering all the issues you need to think about. So there's a lot of other things to consider here with enhanced planning. You have gift taxes, you have potentially estate taxes that we want to talk about, but high level, it's having a plan and communicating it and make sure you put some thought into this and you don't keep kicking that can down the road until you have kicked the can, so to speak. I I have one last question uh, in under the enhanced planning category. And that is powers of attorney. That's something else that this would cover, right? Uh, And uh, that you would encourage your clients, I would assume, to make sure they have in order. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I have a question for you. If, you know, my son, it's actually his birthday today. Adam turns 24 today. Awesome. And uh, Happy birthday, Adam. Yeah, and he's married. Now now that my kids are older, my youngest is 18 now. So I have an 18, 20, and 24-year-old. Um. I heard somebody talking about, oh, when my kid turns 18, I want them to have a power of attorney in case something happens. That was their oldest child. Yep. Um, uh, I don't have, you know, my wife and I have powers of attorney for each other, uh, but would you say once your children reach a certain age, you might want to have them be powers of attorney for you, even though we're still, still relatively young as, as people, you know, uh, is that something people do? Um, typically not. You might name them as a successor. Uh, let's say you and your wife are in an accident. She's your power of attorney and can't make decisions for you. You could have a backup for her. Oh, sure. Yep. Um, but if you give that person power of attorney, you're giving them power of attorney. So yeah. you want to be careful of that. Yeah. Uh, or you could set it up to where they do have that. If something bad happened to you, but you don't communicate it which creates some issues or risks there. Sure. Yeah. Being careful. The other, the flip side of that is your, your child is now 18. They're an adult. Should they have you be a power of attorney for them? So if something happens to them, they're an adult, they're no longer a minor. Um, that would give them the, you the ability to help them out. Interesting. Yeah. So there are a lot of different options there. And I know that you work alongside estate planning attorneys when these questions come up and encourage your clients to do that, right? We do. And actually, um, we have an event coming up on May 9th for our clients are able to attend. We have an estate planning event that we're holding in the conference facilities downstairs. And one of the estate planning attorneys that we work with is going to give a, a basic overview of different types of estate planning documents, the the standard, the ever popular should I have a will or have a trust conversation sure. and help educate people and uh, 
we'll have some fun food and uh, talk about some fun recipes as well that we're mixing in there. So one of our events that we like to put together a number of times a year. So. That's great. It's it's great what you do for your clients and our listeners out there can set up a complimentary consultation with you or someone in your office to talk about overall financial planning, enhanced planning. How can they get a hold of you, Jeff? Give us a call at 651-842-8406. And if you are a regular listener, please take a moment to rate our podcast. We'd appreciate it to get the word out there. Yes. And uh, we, uh, we hope you got some value out of today's show. All right. Well, it was a great show. This is an important topic, Jeff. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk with our host, Jeff Foley. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com. Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. Jeff Foley and Paladin Financial are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.